do design decisions involve value judgments? Andy Halliwell has gone and posted this question on LinkedIn as part of our redesigning D&T project and debates. I think this is a really tricky one to answer and our expert group felt that it was an important question that needed debating. Do design decisions involve value judgments? I think firstly, I'd be saying, what do you mean by a value judgment, a values judgment? And maybe in your response to Andy's question, you'll explore what you understand and what your views are of what value judgments are and then whether they actually impinge on or affect the design decisions that designers make and also that children make in D&T lessons. So do join the debate. We're always open to conversation and discussion on this. But for now, on to the next episode. This is the Talking D&T podcast, episode 24. Welcome to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy, a podcast for anybody interested in design and technology education, where I'll be sharing news, views, ideas and opinions about D&T. If you get my monthly newsletter, you'll have seen that we're at the next stage of validating a survey that identifies the different reasons that people think that design and technology should be on the curriculum or its purpose. Um, what we're doing is we've been talking to different people about what they say the purpose of D&T is. And now we've collated all of those and put them into one questionnaire, which is available online. And we've got 41 different reasons. And that's just from asking 30 people. And now what we're doing is asking people to complete the questionnaire and say whether they agree or disagree with these 41 different statements. And what that's going to help us do is identify which statements have the most agreement so we can reduce the survey from 41 statements to about 20. Now, there's lots of reasons why we're doing that, but one of them is that 41 statements is a lot to ask people to respond to. Um, that's why we're just doing it in this test phase while we try and reduce the number of statements and also for helping us understand who values design and technology in one way or another we just don't need that many statements we probably need about 20 or 25 so the idea is we're taking these 41 seeing how people respond to them and reducing them to a more manageable 20 to 25. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know that this has been my ongoing research since about 2011 when I started doing my PhD and has become sort of the thing that I focus on in my research. So I'm going to take a step back and think about why I started this. So I started in 2011 after I've been working in teacher education for about 15, 16 months. And um, I was putting my application in to start the PhD and thinking, what am I interested in? And what I was able to reflect on is some sessions that I run with students where I stand there and I say, OK, so this is why design and technology should be on the curriculum. This is why it's important. And I'd give all these different reasons. And then, you know, I draw on different literature, what other people had said, and, and we discuss it. And then at the end of the session, I'd ask the students to go away, write 500 words or so on what they thought the point of design and technology was and send it back to me. And it would come back sort of like a week, two weeks later, and I'd have a look at these things. And I'd think, well, this doesn't agree with what I've said. This is completely different than what I said in the session. 
where where's this all come from you know and and partly my lack of humility arrogance I was thinking well surely everybody agrees with what I think the point of design and technology is but then when I stepped back from that and looked more seriously I thought well why do they have these different ideas about the purpose of design and technology is there something in this does it relate to who they are as a person what they've done in the past how old they are for example what gender they are um their their family context so that sort of set me off on this journey of trying to identify these different reasons that people say design and technology is an important subject and then trying to understand well can we group people in different ways do certain people say this do other people say this Uh, and what might be those patterns that we that we look for so over my PhD I interviewed uh, about 23 24 different people maybe um, and asked them and find from that research uh, 32 different reasons I think it was um, and there was some degree of commonality some of it was to do with age the children um, that I interviewed said some things that the adults didn't say the people that were involved in design and technology teacher education said fewer things um, than those who weren't I interviewed senior leaders and designer technology teachers and pupils from the same schools and I could see there was commonality within the schools. And then I also noticed an interesting pattern between those who had studied at school pre-national curriculum and those who studied design and technology at schools sort of post-2004. I haven't quite got to the bottom of why that is because part of my sample size is so small for that. But I thought that was a really interesting pattern of when you study design and technology, that there were these patterns of commonality. So what I then decided to do was take those 32 statements and work on, can we validate those? Can we check out that other people agree with those? Are they sufficient? Are there other things that we haven't got on there? So that we can come up with a survey that I can use, other researchers can use, but design technology teachers can use to ask their pupils to complete and go, Okay, so that's what the children in my lessons think the point of design and technology is. And maybe that might help teachers shift their thoughts about what they're doing in their lessons or think, well, maybe I need to do something different in my lessons because the pupils in my lessons think that design and technology is all about getting ready for a job. And that's not what I think. So I need to start thinking about designing lessons that get them realising about the value of the act of designing or being creative or thinking of other people. So that's the aim of the survey in part is to be available for other people to use to explore the values that people place on design and technology education. So what we've done so far, so I'm now haven't been working on my own, I've, I've got a a couple of other people, Andrew Dunn and Sasha Fairchild-Dunkley. We've been working on the 32 statements. I interviewed some more people um, and then myself, Sasha and Andrew sat down and looked at what those people had said. We listened to it and we added the things that people said to the original 32. And that's where we've got to these 41 statements. So now Sasha has taken those statements and made them into an online survey. And we're asking people, do you think this statement so go by one, is 
a value of design and technology, then we're asking them to say, how how sure are you that it's a value of design and technology? And then whether it's a value to them. And the reason we're asking about, is it a value of design and technology? Because I will say that there's some of those values in there that aren't values for me, but for example, but I can see that they are values for other people. And that was one of the biggest learning points in doing the PhD for me in terms of understanding people's value of design and technology was that some people value D&T in ways that were not comfortable for me. And actually, I had to understand why that was. And it did give me a an insight into some of the challenges, tensions within and outside the DNT community about what's the point of DNT. So I'd really like people to fill the survey and have a go at it. It'll, t- it'll take about 15 to 20 minutes. So um, I appreciate we're asking people to set aside, you know, a little bit of time to do this, but it does add to the richness and breadth of the data. So we're able to be more confident about the decisions we make about whittling those 41 statements down. So as I said, about 20 to 25. And hopefully, if you find doing that interesting, you'll also fill out the other link that will be in the show notes that asks you to sign up to take part in future versions of the survey and the study. Because in the future, when we're out of the lockdown, I'm hoping that I can come into some schools and ask year seven, eight, nine pupils to fill out the survey And then we'll get a better understanding of a larger group of children and also a larger group of design and technology teachers to see what it is that they value about design and technology so that we can have a greater insight in maybe thinking about how do we shape our curriculum to either reflect or challenge or just slightly nudge what different people think is the value of design and technology. I don't think we'll ever come to a consensus about the value of design and technology. I think that's why there is these 41 different statements. And I think there's probably more reasons if I asked more people. But I do think it will help us think about and reflect on that people do have different reasons and why they have different reasons so that we have a, a better understanding and can take that into consideration. And also, as it did for me, when I saw some of the values that people had that I didn't agree with, It made me rethink what I thought the value of design and technology was and shift my views and perceptions and have a better understanding of other people involved in and interested in design and technology. So thanks for listening. The links to all of that will be in the show notes. You've been listening to the Talking D&T podcast with me, Alison Hardy. You can connect with me on Twitter at Hardy underscore Allison. Show notes and transcripts for each podcast episode can be found on my website, alisonhardy.work. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.